Our friends at Detroit Boxing Company are dedicated to providing high-quality boxing apparel. With fighters and fight fans in mind, their designs are unique and stylish. With their hats, shirts, hoodies, jackets, they are going to make your jab cross hook look even more sexy. They have great classic t-shirts that feature some of boxing's biggest legends. Tommy Hearns, James Tooney, Jimmy Paul, and more. The people behind this company are simply wonderful in they truly care about the boxing community. You have to check out their website at DetroitBoxingCompany.com and see the full catalog of all the great stuff they have available. Scoop up some fresh gear and just make sure you use the code word CoreyCast at checkout and you're going to save yourself a little bit of money. Check out their Instagram page at Detroit Boxing Company and hit that follow button. Just let them know that Corey sent you. 211 is a free service that connects callers to critical health and care lines here in central New York from homelessness services to maybe mental health services to maybe just helping you find food or maybe you just moved into a neighborhood and you don't know when garbage day is. 211 is there to be a source of information for anybody who needs help with literally anything. They cover a lot of different things. And until this conversation with Katie from 211, I didn't realize just how involved 211 is and how broad their services really are. You can call 211 or text and they will connect you with someone that can help you. And it doesn't matter what it is that you need. They are here to help serve the community at no cost to you. They are a nonprofit organization that does a lot of good here in Syracuse and they help field a lot of calls and really help people get to the right resources that they need. So we're lucky to have this program here in Syracuse and it was very enlightening just how much they do here in Syracuse. But I think you will be surprised that just how much 211 does here in Syracuse and just how many different resources that they cover. So here is my friend Katie from Two One One. So my name is Katie Lemery White. I am the program manager for 211 at Contact Community Services. Um, and Contact Community Services, we've been around since 1971. Um, we started as a crisis hotline um, back in 71, a volunteer ran. Um, we still answer that crisis hotline to this day, um, but in addition to that, we do a lot more. Um, so we have a lot of different programming um, in the schools and then a lot of telephonic work that we do. Um, so in addition to our crisis hotline, we are one of many centers across the country that responds to the 988 uh, suicide and crisis prevention line. Um, and in addition to that, we respond to 211, which is what I'm here to talk about. And 211 is our information and referral service. So it's how we connect people in need um, to the services that are appropriate for them. And there's a lot of different services that you guys have on 211. The list is huge. Yes. It's massive. How, how many people would you say volunteers or works there to, to be able to provide information to people? Um, we have a staff roster of, I'd say, 
around 30, sometimes more, sometimes less. Um, our staff is cross-trained, so um, they re can respond to both 211 calls and crisis calls, which is really important because we know that if your basic needs aren't met, that is clearly a, you know, a possibility that a crisis could occur. If you can't, you know, feed your children, I can understand you may be in an emotional crisis as well as in need of basic, you know, basic food items. Um, right. So that has really aided us in being able to provide both resources, but also the emotional support that people need when they're struggling. Right, right. And what uh, what type of resources uh, do you provide for people? Because there's a bunch so, of different categories. Yes, and all those categories are correct. So it's really the whole health and human services umbrella, which is as large as it sounds. Um, we have a database of thousands of resources um, in the community. Um, so we get a lot of calls for assistance for um anything to do with housing, a lot of rent payment, utility assistance, finding a new place, that kind of thing. Um, a lot of requests for food. We connect people to their local food pantries, um, mental health services. Um, we're able to search um, by insurance accepted um, so that we can locate providers wow. that take our callers insurances. Um, so that's a big part of what we do. Um, and just really anything. If somebody is unsure of, of what to do, like if they just moved into their first home and they don't know how the garbage pickup works, like we can connect them to their their town's DPW, like those kinds of basic connections, not just, you know, imminent crisis situations. Wow. Yeah, this is pretty. Uh, here, hold on. I, think I can share my screen and I can show all the services that you guys have. So 211cny.com, right? That's the right website? Yep, that is okay. our website. Oh, thank God. That would have been weird if it wasn't, huh? <laughs> That's uh, but <laughs> look, look, look at this. Food, mental health, health care, housing, shelter, addictions, transportation, employment, family, disaster, government, legal services, military. That is a lot of different categories you're involved in, huh? Yeah, yeah, wow. it's a it's a comprehensive database, so it's a lot of work to keep it up to date and making sure that the information is accurate. Wow, that's a uh, that's really impressive the the amount of work that has to go into maintaining that database and having people available to answer the phones is, must be a tremendous task. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is, and especially since. Um, I would say since COVID hit, our volume has consistently been higher than it was pre-COVID. Um, so we're, you know, we're dealing with both the basic, you know, needs that people have, but now there are additional needs that have come out of out of COVID. And during COVID, we were a huge uh, point of contact for information about testing and vaccines and um, getting food delivered when it wasn't safe, you know, to go to the grocery store if you were vulnerable, right. those kinds of things. Wow. Is there one out of all the categories, is there one that you guys service the most or people call about the most? Um, I would say we get the majority of our calls. I mean, not the majority, but higher than any other category is around um, that housing issue. Um, and mm -hmm. 211 CNY, we work um, in Onondaga and Oswego counties. We work with the Department of Social Services um, to provide after hours um, emergency housing assistance. 
Um, so we get a lot of calls in the evenings and on the weekends and holidays when people find themselves in a homeless situation and they don't have anywhere to go. Um, and we have a process, an intake process, where we determine um, eligibility and then make a placement into a shelter bed as necessary. Um, so unfortunately, that's a, you know that's a high need in our community, but I'm glad that we're there and able to provide that need and service. Wow, that's a that it makes me sad to hear that that's a high need in the, in Syracuse. It's kind of like um, my buddies and I we do uh, Dungeons and Donations where we play Dungeons and Dragons live and we raise money for uh, just local charity groups. And for mm-hmm. us, it was very eye opening when we did the food bank because they gave us a whole tour of it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it. I had just normal day-to-day life. You don't stop and think about like in Syracuse. Uh, I forget the number off the top of my head, but it was like one in five is f- food deficient or something. And it's, it's like kind of heartbreaking to hear, but also at the same time, it's really uh, relieving to hear that people like you are, are putting these programs in place. Cause that's, that's pretty important connecting people with a place to live. And God knows what happened to lead up to that event of, them not having shelter. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like you guys are at this jump off point to give, to put them into the right resource, right? Yeah, that, I mean, that's really key is that we know that like the social service, human service world is very difficult to navigate, you know, and if you've never been in that position, it's very overwhelming. You're already in a crisis. You're already, you know, without food or without housing or without, you know, you've got a lot going on. And so having to figure out where do I turn? Who do I go to next? Who's going to help me? Having one simple, straightforward two-on-one contact who can direct you and can kind of take that off of your shoulders um, that makes a big difference when dealing with something like this to have, you know, one thing that somebody else can kind of take a look at and say, you know, they, these are the steps that you can take to get where you need to be. Right. Wow. And how long have you been in the position that you're in right now? Um, I've been with contact um, for almost a decade now. I started actually as a volunteer on our contact hotline. Um, and um, so I've slowly kind of moved up. Um, So I was a volunteer, then I was staff on the phones, answering the phones, um, and then I became uh, the manager for 211. And I happened to be here at the time that we launched 211 in 2015. Oh, wow, really? Mm -hmm. What what was that like when you when the new program launched? It was it was interesting. It wasn't a huge shift for us because we had previously been answering what was called the Onondaga County Helpline. Um, and that was um, through the county. They had us answering that line, providing a, basically the same service we do through 211. Um, but once we became a 211, we then added on four additional counties. So that was the biggest amount of legwork is learning those communities and what resources are there and also promoting the service to those residents. Right, right. And especially was the fact that you guys changed names, did that confuse anybody? Um, probably we did. Fortunately, if you called the old, and I think it's still to this day, don't quote me on that. But if you called the old Onondaga County Helpline, you'd get a message saying to please hang up and call 211. So that transition wasn't too difficult because if people went the wrong direction, they were easily rerouted. Right, right. Smart move, smart move. And you had started as a volunteer. So what what made you want to volunteer in the first place 10 plus years ago? Yeah. So I was, um, I was in my undergrad. Um, I was studying psychology um, and I was looking to get some experience, some real world experience, you know, dealing with working with people who, who may be in crisis or who may be struggling with a mental health concern. Um, and my mom was very familiar with contact. She had 
heard about them over the years. Um, and she recommended that I volunteer there. And I'm very grateful that she did because that really, you know, set my life on a completely different direction than it may have been going on otherwise. Yeah. Right. Right. Wow. That's pretty cool. And what does like a normal day look like for you? Are you like nine to five? Are you there all the time? Um, I mean, I have hours that are similar to like a nine to five, but I'm also pretty much available 24 seven because we are a 24 seven service and things happen, you know, and I want to be able to support staff if something comes up. So I'm around the clock available, but I do work regular hours. Yeah, that's got to be, it's got to be tough, especially when you have a 24 hour hotline. And I think it's really, really important for that line to be 24 hours because absolutely, there's no timeline on a stop at 5 p.m., you know, no. Mm-mm. And that's yeah. when everything else closes too. So it's really important that we're open because, you know, there's not a whole lot of options for getting help after, you know, four or five o'clock. Yeah. Right. And especially when somebody needs a place to sleep or, or needs food, I'm sure that can be extremely stressful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now with uh, this database of all these different providers that maybe fit into all these different buckets that you do, how, how do you determine, uh, a good vendor or a, or a good partner uh, to refer to? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so we have, we are accredited um, by what's called AIRS. It's the Alliance of Information and Referral Systems. And basically they set the standards for all 211s and similar services in terms of how, how they provide the service and also how their database should look and the types of uh, resources that should be included. Um, And as part of that accreditation, we have to have what's called an inclusion exclusion policy. Um, So we have written guidelines for the types of resources we can include, the types that we absolutely can include and when we would make exceptions. So anyone, um, and right on our website, people can fill out a form to request to be added to the database. Um, And once we receive that, that request, we then um, do a comparison with our inclusion exclusion policy and determine whether it's a good fit for our organization. Oh, wow. There's even a list of like programs you can't offer. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we want to be consistent in the service that we offer and very, you know, very clear on what we do and what we don't do. It's just, it's weird to me because you guys offer so much. It's weird to think that there's like (laughs) things that you don't do, you know, like, I mean, there's so many different like buckets that, that you guys are helping people with, you know? Yeah. Um, that's, uh, that's really cool. And especially with all of these, these vendors, do you, is there like an interview process with it? Um, like once they fill out that form? Depending on, on the, the situation, sometimes it's a form from, you know, an organization that we already include that maybe they're doing something new or something different, you know, so it's just an additional listing. Um, but if it's someone brand new to us that we're not familiar with, we would certainly want to talk with them about the work that they do and um, and how they want their information to appear in the database and really that relationship building type of things. Because we have to, per our accreditation, we have to annually have an update with every every resource in our database. So um, building those relationships to make that process more seamless is really important for us. Yeah. And I can only imagine like, man, you got a lot of balls you're juggling in the air, especially with all this, this information all over the place, you know, mm-hmm. what, um, uh, I forgot. I just had a question on the tip of my tongue. I was going to ask, uh, Oh, so prior to COVID and after how, how has the services changed your, your business a little bit? 
Yeah, no, that's a that's a good question. Um, one of the big things that that changed for us internally as an organization is the ability to have people working remotely. Um, so that was not something we've ever even attempted before because we were just so afraid we wouldn't be able to answer the phone. You know, we having uninterrupted service is the you know the priority is being available. So that was always a fear, but. With COVID, that kind of was taken out of our hands, and that if we want people to answer the phone, they may need to be remote. Um, and so we were able to to get that to work, and that's really become kind of part of our process now and an option for current and new employees. Is that we have the ability to take the calls from home if we need to. Wow, wow, that's that's really cool, especially if you work twenty four hours, right? Yes, you need to <laughs> work from home when when need be, you know. Mm -hmm. It makes a big difference with coverage, especially, you know, if somebody calls out last minute, you know, somebody right. can just hop on at home. That makes it a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like the difference in uh, that's how more like you made some changes business wise, mm -hmm. but service wise, did anything change or was everybody always basically looking for housing? Um, I mean, there were certainly changes. Um, during COVID and there's certainly, there are some differences after, I would say for the most part, it's pretty much leveled out, you know, kind of to what, to the same types of requests we were getting pre COVID. Um, but during COVID, we actually at one point were um, scheduling vaccine appointments when they first came out. Um, so when it was only available to older adults um, and it was, you know, a hot, hot ticket item, we, we yeah. fielded thousands of calls um, in terms of scheduling those appointments. Um, we also, were um, working with the county and other or local organizations to um, provide food delivery to older adults who weren't able to get out or leave their home or vulnerable. Um, so we had a heavy volume of COVID-related calls. Um, and then we actually kind of had almost a, not a pause, not a complete pause, but the calls for housing um, really went down during COVID because there was um, that eviction moratorium in place. Yeah. Um, so that meant that people, they legally could not be evicted for non-payment, non-payment of rent. Um, so that I think helped, you know, in the short term, it helped a lot of people to stay in their homes. Um, but then once that uh, moratorium ended, then we saw the uptick again in housing. So we're kind of back to where we started and probably a little bit higher off. Oh, really? A little higher, you think? Yeah, because of, you know, a lot of people weren't able to pay their rent. And so there was there was a lot of evictions once that moratorium ended. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And uh, when did the moratorium end? I, I'm in real estate, I should know, but I feel yeah, like I can't pin a date on it. I'm trying to think about when that's a very good Was question. it last year? I believe so. I think it might have been the beginning of last year. Yeah. That's I, just, big, I remember I planning it for it. Last year. We had to be prepared because we knew we were going to get, you know, a lot of calls from people who were facing homelessness. Yeah. I don't remember the exact date. I just remember they kept like, pushing it back and then be they like, did, by January yeah, 31st, we'll have another meeting. And then they push it back another month and push it back. Um, do you look like, do you keep, do you guys keep track of uh, who you place in what bucket to figure out what, like maybe what's a program or category that you need to expand on? I mean, ideally that would be wonderful, but that would also mean that there are these extra services that are out there that we don't right. have in our database. Yeah, so there true. are certainly, I mean, one of the, the great things about two on one is that we are kind of, we are that place to capture 
the needs of the community. And in addition to that, we're also capturing the unmet needs of the community. So we also track when we're not able to offer a referral, when someone's requesting something and there's not any referrals available. We track that and that information is sent to our funders. Um, So that's, you know, the county, the state, United Way. Um, So they are made aware of where there are gaps in services. And hopefully that helps to inform um, when funding becomes available, you know, where, where that needs to go. Interesting. So this can almost like give them a heads up, like, oh, we don't have a service for X and we need to, we need to build something in place for that, basically. Basically. Yeah. They, we are the ones collecting the, the real information about what, you know, what the community needs and where there are gaps. And you guys are funded by the county and United Way. This is a free program. So if someone calls you, they, they're not paying anything. Absolutely. 100% free for both callers and for any organization included in our database. Wow, that's that's pretty big. And that was one thing I wanted to make sure I touched on that people didn't think you call this number and then you get hit with a fee. It's totally free. Totally free. You <laughs> guys connect them to whatever service they might they might need. Mm-hmm. Wow. From employment to disaster to military, you guys have pretty much everything covered. How much training goes involved if somebody wants to work the phones? How much training does somebody need to go through? Um, If we're just, like I was saying earlier, a lot of our staff are cross-trained in different lines. Uh, If somebody was just coming on to respond to two-on-one calls, it would probably be between 40 and 60 hours of training. Um, So a lot lot of lecture, a lot of uh, practice uh, with our database and how you search it and, you know, pull up what you need to pull up, all that stuff. And then um, we have them observe with with staff that is already trained to answer the phone so they can see what a call looks like in the process. Um, And then some apprenticing where they are the ones taking the call with a trainer, um, listening in and providing support as needed. Um, So we really try to give an extensive amount of training and make sure that people are comfortable before they go solo. Well, yeah, comfortable, especially you said you deal with a crisis hotline too. So, yeah, I mean, you're dealing with people who are in like dire need of something. I would imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, but the people that are calling that number are probably in in a spot where they might be doing harm to themselves, like almost immediately, right? There, I mean, there are certainly those types of calls. I'd say it's it's a mix. Um, yeah. Some people are more maybe planful and are aware of, you know, upcoming issues they have. And then other people find themselves in a situation they couldn't have seen coming. And, you know, they're they're completely at their wits end and they're, they're lost and struggling. And if somebody yeah. is, you know, experiencing a mental health crisis, in addition to those, you know, those basic needs, um, we, we do have the ability to to work with them and try to de-escalate the situation, but also connect them to mental health supports in the community in real time if needed. Wow. I just, I can't imagine me being the operator taking that call. I would be a, a terrible operator because <laughs> it would just, it would like, it's hard not to let those things get to you. You know, it's like being a Absolutely. 911 operator. It's like hard not to let, let those emotions glom onto you. you mm-hmm. know? Absolutely. We, we have a big focus on self-care at, at this agency, a lot of focus on on taking time and, you know, stepping away if you need that moment, because we want people to be in the best place they can be before they pick up that phone. You can't help somebody if you're not in a position to help yourself. Yeah, right, right. Wow. Is there uh, maybe like one area or program that you really would like to add in addition to all the services you provide already? So something like we're not currently doing that we'd like to be yeah. doing. Is that, ooh, 
Your net's already so big. The net's <laughs> massive. I couldn't imagine adding another thing to it, but maybe maybe you have something, Katie, that you would love to add. Oh, that is really if budget great. was unlimited. And yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Funding wasn't an issue. I think that one thing we're we're certainly looking at, and I think 211 as a whole across the nation, or at least statewide, is really taking a look at is um, what we call closed loop referrals. And that's really having more communication with the organization you're referring to so that you're ensuring that connection was made. Um, so ideally down the road, what we'd like to be able to do is be sending those referrals right to the organization as opposed to having the, the client be the one to make the connection so that we can ensure and follow up and kind of follow people as they go through the system and see if they need more support. So I think that would be definitely a goal we have is, is to have that more um, finality to the situation. Because as it is right now, you know, we talk to someone, we provide them referrals, but when they hang up the phone, we don't necessarily know what happens next. Right, right. Because you're, you're giving them the next person to who would fit the bill of where they need to talk to. Right, right. But we don't know if they make the call or if, you know, what happens next. Yeah. So having some of the, some ability to make sure that that connection is made, I think that would be really valuable for us. Where where do you see the future of 211, say in the next like 10 years? Where, what do you think that's going to look like? Oh, I mean, I think there's a lot of opportunities on the horizon. I think that 211 has the ability to really integrate with other existing services. I think that might be an area where we'll see growth in 211 is kind of becoming embedded in maybe healthcare systems and things like that, where it can really, really help people. And if it's in a more seamless process, um, it's not, doesn't have to be these two separate organizations. It can be one process. I think that's kind of the future of 211 is the embed, embedding it into other organizations that could benefit from the service. Uh, you mentioned healthcare. Is there another one you can think of off the top of your head that would really benefit from a system like that? It's probably the social services, like Department of Social Services offices. I think having some something embedded in there would be really helpful. Yeah, do you deal? I would imagine you deal with a lot of social services calls too. Yes, and we partner with them with our for our housing services that we offer after hours. So we already have a, a great relationship. But I think if we could embed even more, that could only serve our community better. Yeah. And how, like, how do you guys measure your success? Is it just by how many people you can partner with a referral client on your end? Or is it, um, I guess it's hard there. You said there's no finality to anything. Right. So and no that, way. yeah, that's, that's the real struggle and where we're, we're working to, to get a better picture of what happens after. I think um, we do provide um, some quality assurance work where we um, do surveys with callers, you know, randomly to see how their experience was so we can get a general idea. Um, but I think that's an area where we could certainly use some growth. Um, and it's an area I'd like to expand. Um, and I haven't touched on this yet, but we actually offer our services via text as well as over the phone. Oh. And I think that that might be an area where that expansion can happen because it's less pressure um, on on the caller to you know be available on the phone to talk about their situation they can have on their own time be able to just let us know what's going on um, yeah. but we do we do actively currently have um, a texting service available for for clients um, you text your zip code to eight nine eight two one one and if your zip code is in our five county coverage area it's going to be routed directly to our center and a staff person will respond in real time via text. Uh, it's eight nine eight two one one. 
Yes. With the zip code? Yep. Your text your zip code to 898211. That's pretty cool. And uh, I should be able to do this. Boom. Yes. Check that out. You like Beautiful. That, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's, I was going to leave this up because I, I don't know about you, Katie, but I'm 31 and I know my generation wants nothing to do with making phone calls. Zero things to do with the phone call. So texting, though, that's something my generation keeps down. (laughs) Also 31 and can attest. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a real estate agent and I do not like to make cold calls. I I have to call a client. I don't mind about that. But cold calls get me out of there. I don't want to. I don't want to call. And uh, it's always uh, like my wife, my wife, when we order pizza, she doesn't want to call them. She wants to put it on an app. You know what I mean? She wants to, yeah, she yeah. Wants to oh, order I, it through the app. You know, both me and my the husband less work, contact, the better, right? Both me and my husband work at call centers and neither of us want to make those calls. So yeah, right, right. That's where we're at. Well, for you guys, you guys are on the phone all day, I would imagine. Mm-hmm, yeah, contact. so you kind of want a break when you get home. Yeah, right, exactly, exactly. An app. Yeah. yeah, so you text 898211 with your zip code. And mm-hmm. then what what happens from there? Does it respond with, hey, what can we help you with today? Or what's it look like? So you'll like? get an automatic response from the system that just says, like, thank you for texting. It will ask you, I think, for your um, age and gender. And then it kind of passes it along to us. So we get a, a message on our end or, you know, a ding on our end that a new message has come in. And so we can take a look at it and what they've said already and respond. So it's a real human response. So there's not it's not scripted. It's just you know, depending on what the, what the person asked for, we're going to, you know, start a conversation and see what they need. That was going to be my next question. Was it this AI bot that responds or is it like an actual human on the other end? It's an actual human. Yeah. We, we don't use auto response other than that initial, you know, thank you for texting response that you get. Someone will be with you in just a second. Exactly. Yeah. But once we're on the chat, once we're on the text, then it's just us. Yeah. And this whole program, has been around for for a while, right? The the crisis line. Yeah. So the contact hotline. Yeah, that's been around since 1971. Mm-hmm. Wow, 1971. And back then, it was a crisis hotline for mental health issues. Yeah, I mean, the scope of the service really hasn't changed over the years. It's really the idea of it is as a safe place to talk. So whatever that means to you, that may mean you're in an escalated suicidal crisis. That may mean you just had a breakup and you're really upset. That mean you might mean you just had a bad day and you need to talk about it before you go to bed. Um, just the idea of there being a free, anonymous, safe space to talk has been clearly a need in the community and a reason why you know we continue to take those calls 50 years later. Yeah. Wow. Now, was this done in other cities and we like kind of imitated the blueprint a little bit? Or is this something that like is very exclusive to CNY? Um, I mean, I wasn't alive when the hotline started, so I don't. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Have the specifics on, you know, that. But I don't I don't believe it was like part of any systemic, you know, hotline creation or anything like that. I think it was, you know, a couple of people who felt that they wanted to serve the community and that this was a need and it kind of just took off. Um, But we're very, you know, ground, you know, grassroots, um, you know, homegrown type of organization. Now, do you look to any other maybe two on ones in different states that have a very similar model to what you guys are doing? Oh yeah. There's a lot of collaboration across different two on one centers Um, across New York state. We have monthly or quarterly meetings with all of the centers. 
Um, I've gone to, um, there's different um, conferences that are held where, you know, 211 entities and similar entities attend. I've gone to Dallas, Texas and met all sorts of people who do similar work in different areas of the country. So it's really, you know, it's really helpful to hear what other people are doing, you know, and their successes and failures and kind of learn from each other. Right, right. And especially when you have a bunch of like-minded people in the same room talking about a very similar, you guys are all kind of in the same industry, you mm-hmm. know, and, and helping each other. Is there anything that you learned in those moments that you took back to use for the CNY 211? I mean, there's definitely been a lot of like tips and tricks that we've used. I think the biggest impact um, other 211s have had on us is the our website design. We did a an overhaul of our website a couple years ago. Um, we felt it was a little outdated. And so we we looked to other two-on-ones to kind of see what they were doing and what is the most user-friendly system out there and kind of took bits and pieces from other sites and other other organizations and used that to, to pull ours together into what we felt would be the most um, impactful site, um, right. which is still a work in progress, even all these these years later, but, I, but we like where we're heading with it. Yeah, I think it looks, this looks great. Yeah, look at that. Top 10 community needs. Homeless Let's see, that needs services. to be updated to 2022. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, 2021. Little things I got to catch up on. But that's still, that's pretty wild to me. Homeless service is, is the that's biggest. That's what I'm saying. Yep. Wow. <laughs> yep. Wow. And housing assistant right, right underneath it. Yep. Wow. Yeah. That's Those a, are high priorities in our community. I'm glad you have this, though, because I think for a lot of people, like I said earlier, out of sight, out of mind, right? And if mm-hmm. you're fortunate enough where you've never been in that position, you kind of don't yeah. really get to see it, you know? Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Is you know, if it's not in front of you, then you don't know about it and it's not anybody's fault. But I think putting that in front of people raises awareness and hopefully increases people's willingness to help and, you know, do what they can. Yeah. Wow. That's, it's very uh, eye opening and, very kind of heartbreaking, honestly, but it's nice because people like you are doing a really good service to people in Syracuse. I was just going to say, how, how do you guys plan like spreading the word? Like how do you market 211 to, to try to just let people know that you're there? Yeah. So, well, that's why I'm talking with you today. Right. 211 Day is coming up this Saturday. So February 11th of every year is 211 Day. Um, and as a state, we really all try to get together and talk about the ways that we're promoting 211 on February 11th. Um, but we really, a lot of that too, um, is the United Way. Um, they are, they do a wonderful job promoting our service um, at, you know, at any event. And they're obviously very well known and respected in the community. So I'd say, you know, coming from them, that makes a big impact um, when they're when they're spreading the word about two one one. But a lot of it uh-huh. is just attending events, meeting people, just you know, mouth word of mouth is really the biggest way that we've spread awareness of two one one. Uh you said this Saturday is two one one day. Yes, okay, February eleventh. Cool. Okay, cool. And for two one one day, do what do you guys do special? Do you so guys usually- have cake and? Ice we, do. <laughs> we actually do. Last year we had cookies that had, had two and one on it. We did. Um, I was on uh, the news, you know, we do a press release and just try to, you know, promote on social media and just kind of make, make a scene about two one one for at least one day a year, just to really kind of be loud and proud about, you know, the work we're doing. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, having a devote day gives you guys that, that chance to outreach, 
to yes. different programs and to also let people know there. Cause I'd be, I would be very interested if I went around my office and asked people or even people in my life, they knew two one one, I'd be interested to hear the response. Mm-hmm. And those kind of events kind of help you grow year after year, you know? Yes. Uh, is there one that you've attended that you've had the biggest uh, surge in calls that might might be a little hard to track, but do you think there yeah. was one that the juice was worth the squeeze the most? <laughs> Not off the top of my head. No, I can't, I can't really think of, of anything specific for that. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, which ones, what's like one of the favorite outreaches that you've done? Is it just two on one days your favorite or did you like, I went on uh, Bridge Street. and Yeah, I have been on Bridge Street a couple times. That's that cool. was That's cool. <laughs> Yes, I have. And that, I mean, I like it. I don't like it because of the stress it, you know, creates for me being on television. Yeah. It's very, very stressful. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's obviously a wonderful way to, to spread the word because people watch the news, you know. And so um, those are always <laughs> nice. We've done a lot of radio work, podcasts like this, you know, just different, different ways. Um, but it's, you know whatever gets the word out, you know, whatever we can do. Um, what was it like when you went on Bridge Street? Were you just like sweating? So nervous? <laughs> yeah. Those lights are bright and they I have, bet. they have so much makeup on and I don't. And so I felt like I probably looked, you know, like I was, you're like, dead. this is not my normal self. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was very stressful and it's only like five minutes. And so when it's over, it's over, but boy, when you're on that, that stage, I don't know how yeah, they do it every day. Kudos to them. <laughs> Right. And everybody's like staring at you too yeah. while, while you're giving your spiel, you know, it's like live. So there's no, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, do. that's right. It's live. Yeah. Bridge too. Street is live. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Wow. Yeah. I totally <laughs> forgot about that. That's really cool. And do you guys ever go to um, like, I'm thinking like conventions, like I feel like that'd be another good spot to have a booth, hand out some pens, stress balls, and just like yeah. be able to brand the name out of it. We do a lot of what we call like tabling events. So a lot of community like health fairs, things like that. So we're always, you know, on the lookout for those and usually on the invite list and bring a table and try to spread the word that way. We do a lot of that throughout the year. Um, Not so much during COVID because obviously those things kind of stopped. Um, But um, now we're getting back into it. Yeah, that's and this is all uh, mostly volunteers. Is it like uh, how many employees did you say? Um, I mean, contact as a whole, we have, we have two major divisions. So we had, uh, have our school services division, um, and that's all paid staff. And they do a lot of work with the students in the Syracuse city school districts and some of the other districts, um, around mental health and counseling services. Um, and then the crisis services division, which is where 211 lives, um, which was originally volunteer run. We still do have um, a nice roster of volunteers that answer our contact hotline, um, but 211 and our other lines are are answered by paid staff. Gotcha. So yeah, we're no longer exclusively volunteer run. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Because I, I thought maybe it was one of those cases where it's like mostly volunteers that run and a few employees or, or vice versa. I was very surprised to see at how much uh, people are employed at the food bank. Just mm-hmm. I, I've had zero knowledge of the food bank prior to us doing the donations event. And uh, it was uh, just very surprising to me to see that they have like a fleet of employees because I was under the impression that it's mostly volunteers. But I mean, there's some volunteers that come in on weekends, help box food, but mm-hmm. it's it's mostly skewed towards towards employees. 
Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, they're a massive organization because they sort serve so many different counties. Yeah, th- and that was uh that was the other thing too. I was very impressed with how how well oiled of a machine that place is because mm-hmm. uh Lynn High, who's there at the food bank, she runs most of it over there, or at least maybe the the community public facing stuff. And she uh she gave us a tour and I was just blown away at like how everything staged ready to go out the door. You have huge, crazy refrigerators with food that's getting cycled out all the time. They're even one of the first food banks in uh, the state that declined uh, any soda. So they don't, they won't take any uh, soda donations there. It's all healthy food. So really impressive with the amount of resources that we have in CNY, especially like, even two one one. I mean, you guys are kind of the jumping point to other other services. You know. Hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's you know it is impressive and, and and heartwarming the how many resources we have in the community. You know, and you know on the other token, it's unfortunate how many people are in need of them. But I'm grateful that we have them and we're able to help make the connections. And with with funding for you guys, if. Would, would somebody come to you guys to directly make a donation? Um, that would go through the United Way, and then they can designate okay. it to 211. Okay, gotcha. That's They would have to go through United Way. Okay. Yes. Now, for you guys, how how do you – what's the process look like if you wanted to maybe apply for more funding, if you guys wanted to, to broaden the budget? Mm-hmm. So we're always kind of on the lookout for upcoming grants um, and programs that that are on the horizon. Um, we've participated in a lot of different uh, different grants for um, a lot of follow up program, a lot of follow up work that seems to be kind of big in the community right now is um, when people are discharged from the hospital. Um, currently, we do a lot of follow up work um, around people who were in the hospital for mental health concerns, um, but we are going to um, begin doing follow-up for um, women who um, have just given birth and are coming home. Um, so a lot of that kind of connection piece that gets that gets missed when somebody is um, discharged from the hospital and then they return home and kind of return to their regular life. There's kind of that time period where things can be shaky and there's maybe nobody checking in. Um, so we fill that role and that's oftentimes um, where there are um, options for funding and something that we can provide. Yeah. I- I'll tell you, I'll tell you this quick story. It's really funny. We, uh, when we had our son Ashton, it was uh, April 2020. So it was like right when things were getting weird. Oh boy. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Terrible timing. But uh, I remember when we got discharged from the hospital, uh, the nurse just checked our baby seat, like to make sure the seat was like in the car properly. Mm-hmm. And she was like, all right, looks good. See you later. Yeah. And we're like, <laughs> What do we do now? (laughs) What do do we do with this thing now? Like, I have no idea. Like, you're just going to let us leave the premises and no interview, no nothing, (laughs) no nothing. (laughs) But it's good. It's good that you guys are providing a a follow up because, uh, I mean, mothers go through a lot, not only like physically, but also uh, mentally, too, especially after giving birth. Postpartum depression is is a real thing. Absolutely part of these grants, like in order to receive X amount of dollars, you have to make a hundred phone calls to these mothers. Is that usually how it's situated? I think it's more based on how many referrals we receive. So that's like the hospital are sending us referrals. And then 
Um, I mean, I'm not going to go into specifics because that's not necessarily my my role. Um, oh, sure. So I don't want to, you know, speak out of turn in terms of how that's that's measurable. But we, I mean, our referrals come primarily from hospitals. This this is a program that actually hasn't even launched officially yet. So we're still working on our partners for them and where we're going to get the referrals from. Oh, nice. That's cool. But just like speaking grants and generally, if you mm -hmm. wanted to get a grant, there's usually like, if you want X amount of dollars, you have to do Y amount of work in order to get the grant. Right, right. And I think I think that is typically the case is that we need to, you know, make X amount of phone calls or X amount of referrals, but I'm not in the know of, of those specifics for it. Yeah. But I think you you probably are correct. Do you have like one person whose job is just to work on grants and try to get grants for the company? Um, I mean, it's, it's a team effort and it depends on the type of grant. So we have different managers, you know, like I'm the two on one manager, but we also have a manager of 988 and we also have a manager for um, our community programs like our hotline and other programs like that. So um, and then our director and assistant director are primarily the ones, you know, kind of scoping out the grants and things like that. But then they'll pull in the manager that's most, you know, aligned with what they're looking to do to help work on it. Okay. Gotcha. Wow. What a well-oiled machine you guys have. <laughs> That's, it's pretty crazy what, what you guys have available at your fingertips. Is there um, one community, like you guys go all of Onondaga County and Oswego County? Yes. Like, what, uh, CNY, CNY covers Onondaga, Oswego, Jefferson, Lewis, and St. Lawrence counties. So we cover five counties. Wow. Wow. Is is there anything you guys could do to like add another county or do those other counties already have a two one one in place? So the entire state of New York is hundred percent covered by two one one. So there oh, are nice. different centers um, and contact community services. We actually answer um, two for two other two one one regions be, besides the CNY region. Um, oh, so wow. we actually are already answering for, for yeah. quite a few counties in New York state. But anywhere wow. you go in New York, if you call 211, you're going to get connected. Anywhere in now, does that text number still work anywhere in New York? That one, it it's the same number. If if a 211 center is utilizing texting, they'll be using that number and that text your zip code, but not all of them are. So I think you would get a message saying like that this, you know, please call or something like that if you reached a center that doesn't provide that service. But you can still yeah. use that number for texting if they do. Right, right. Wow. Okay. Dang. This is such great information about a program that I was kind of ignorant to, to be honest. <laughs> like I've heard you guys like once before a long, long time ago, but when you don't use the service, you kind of forget about it, you know? Yeah. Well, you've been fortunate as we were talking about to not, you know, not need something like right. that. So. Right. Right. Now, is there uh, uh, like a common misconception about 211 that you hear or... I think that um, there can be confusion about whether we provide the direct service. Um, so sometimes people will call and they're expecting that we're going to give them food or we're going to, you know, yeah. help pay their rent or things like that. So I think it's just to just clarify that we are that connection piece. We are not the direct service. We will find the direct service for you and make that connection, but we don't provide anything out of our office directly. Um, so I think that would probably clear up some frustration, you know, from callers who are expecting that they've, you know, found the service and when they're really just kind of starting the journey. Yeah, right, right. And that's, uh, that would be what I would think immediately when I hear 211 that you guys would be able to provide all these services. Yeah, yeah which would be but impressive. When you look at really. it at a broader scope, especially for 
the amount that you guys are covering is pretty, yeah. pretty substantial. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's hard to, uh, to provide directly all of those services that you guys are helping with, you know? Yeah, no, we, we certainly do not have the capacity to provide the direct service for everything in our database. That would be yeah, really impressive, be, but <laughs> yeah, you guys would be pulling your hair out for sure. Yeah, We'd have to be a very large organization. Yeah. Um, any events or things coming up other than uh, Saturday's 211 day that you want to plug or talk about? Yeah. So um, each year for the past couple of years, we have worked with the United Way of Central New York um, to help put on the VITA program, which stands for the Volunteer Income Tax Assistance. Um, so it's free tax prep for individuals who make 60000 or under. Um, and starting, I believe, probably either end of this week or early next week, 211 will be scheduling for different locations across the Syracuse area um, for those free tax appointments. So if anybody is in need of tax preparation and you meet those income guidelines, give us a call and we can make an appointment for you. Hook you up with somebody for free. Yes. Under see, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty big because filing taxes is annoying and having yes. someone <laughs> to do it for free. That yes. is less annoying. <laughs> that is much less annoying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Katie. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. I've, feel like I learned a lot and I'm thankful that uh, you and your team are here to serve Central New York. You guys are doing really good work. Well, thank you so much, Corey. I appreciate you having me on today. Thank you so much for watching this episode of the Corey Cast. I really appreciate the time that you spent listening and even listening to the full episode to get you to this point. I just want to say I'm just so appreciative and so thankful that I have so much love and support for these episodes. If you want to be a guest on this podcast, reach out to me. I'm always looking for new people. Let's talk about what you're passionate about. Let's talk about your hobbies. Let's give you a positive platform to talk about the things that matter to you. Do me a favor. Make sure you hit subscribe, like, follow, leave a review of the podcast. All those little things will help this podcast grow because without you guys, there is no podcast and I am just so grateful that you're taking the time to listen to it today. Thank you so much.